ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Scott Prather coming at you on a Friday. If you're listening to ESPN 1420 live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and a connected cars and on smart speakers, it is brought to you by Champagne's Mark on the Oil Center. Champagne's The Extra Mile. Here he is. Hadn't talked to him in three weeks, at least on the airwaves. Our good friend, Saints and Pelicans correspondent, Gus Cattengill, here for the Pro Nola segment. Good morning, Gus. Happy Friday. What's happening? Happy Friday. Um, I got to tell you, dude, I really enjoyed the last, I don't know, like minute and a half here. You know, the little uh, one little finger, little app thing going. <laughs> kind of made me feel like I was watching Bluey and stuff, which is actually on. And then all of a sudden you get me dancing, dude, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing the old, my head is shaking and my hands are doing this, listening to Beastie Boys and stuff, dude. I mean, I, I'm in. Let's there go, you, man. You got you me pumped it. up, dude. It's Saints Game Week. Let's do it. That's right. Uh, Shadrach, that's my uh, my two year old's favorite Beastie Boys song. They each have their favorite. No kidding. Oh yeah, she 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 yeah. sings the. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> hey, uh, before uh, before I ask you, you know, before we talk some Saints and uh, and and a little Pels, did you did you catch any of the Field of Dreams game? We were, I was just I was I was talking about it in the first segment. Oh man, um, yes. So. You know, it's it's so strange because I, I've actually, if, of all the sports that I've, I grew up playing baseball, right? So, and I, I'm, I'm probably have told the story in the air before, and I know you know it. It's honestly the reason why I got into broadcasting. I grew up on, you know, Harry Carey and Steve Stone, and you know, the main reason obviously is because I was the only thing on TV every single day, right, in the afternoons because of WGN. So. You know, during the summers or whatever, I mean, I, I, my Cubs played at 120, leadoff man at 1 o'clock. I just, I mean, I grew up watching baseball, playing baseball, and, you know, uh, Scott, I, I wasn't blessed with this uh, gorgeous dad bought at 200 pounds here, dude, until my 40s. So I was always a small kid. I mean, baseball was my sport, man. I mean, I always played basketball, you know, and things of that nature, and, and shoot, and yeah, throw the football, but I don't know, I just gravitated towards baseball, and being able to um, grow up and watch it, dude, I just kind of always wanted to do that. And it was kind of one of those things, man, where like Wrigley Field became a place that, dude, I wish I could ever go to or something of that nature, you know, but um, played second base because of Ryan Sandberg, you know, wore that number because of Mark Grace. We had my birth date, 17. So I just, my baseball's always been special, I guess that makes sense. And one of the things that was, it has been missing that connection with the game and teams. I know you and I have talked about this. I think one of the reasons um, followership and all that has gone down a bit is because you, know, you don't have those games on national or on TV like that. You have to get this package or that package. And, you know, even watching the Zephyrs here become the, you know, different teams to the wind surge now and move and, and what they had to deal with. You didn't have that connectivity, I guess, what I'm getting at. And um, I don't know, dude. I, I went back to, like, my kid, you know, my childhood yesterday, and I don't think I was alone. I kept seeing people on Twitter do that uh, and just kind of be, be nostalgic. I don't know if it was because the movie had just seen it or the way it was presented. Or, Scott, because it was the first time in a long time that Major League Baseball 
actually look like the NBA or NFL. They just did a fantastic job of presentation, um, nostalgia, marketing, and making yeah. it feel special. Yeah. I mean, making it feel special. Yeah, I saw those spots and everything. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. Dude, the open, though, and, you know, kudos. Costner, man, he acted like it was a movie. He went mode to see the players come out of the cornfield, to have the A-10 Warhogs, you know, um, fly over. And, and the, from the, you know, the way everyone was dressed, it was just awesome. And then the game provided, you know, um, the six runs in the ninth, the Yankees go up with home runs, then the Sox clinch it with the game-winning walk-off homer. I mean, Dude, it had me in my feels, like, to the point where literally I'm texting um, our group guys, and which is, you know, Daniel, Todd, and Jordan, and Daniel Salison and, you know, Todd Graffinini of the Pelicans Radio Network, and my intern, Jordan, we always just text throughout the day, games or whatever. And Man, I, I'm posting pictures. I'm like, this is I, – I want to go – I don't know about you, you know, because there's no Shay anymore or anything like that with your kids, but I want to go to Wrigley with Carver. I, I, want, I want that picture, you know, behind home plate and – and I want I hear a moment that I just constantly think of. I want my dad and my son, and we all want to go to Wrigley. We've been separately, never gone together. Um, and I'm like looking at my photos of my last trip to Wrigley, you know, the good days, Scott, before we traded everybody and got rid of everything. <laughs> so I, um, I don't know, man. I, it, yes. So, yes, I did watch it, and, and it got me. Like missing and, and really caring about the, baseball. Um, it's just really weird. It, it, ESPN 1420, it was – here you have Major League Baseball faced with this juxtaposition of, all right, we've we've got this um, old movie about an even older team that was actually banned from baseball. I mean, when you just when – you, when you haven't seen the movie, and you just look at it all on the surface, right? So and, – and we constantly get criticized for looking – too much at the history of it and not enough of the future. And how do you pull this off to make it feel in some magic and magical for lack of better words um, and for lack of better words. Uh, and then, you know, still feel like cool. Like you said, you know, from a marketing standpoint, like in the NFL, like the NBA, the marketing campaign, and they pulled it off. They had these conflicting things, and they, they put them all together, and they pulled it off. And then it really was the fact that you have Tim Anderson, who, you know, has never seen Field of Dreams, doesn't plan to, told the Wall Street Journal, we need more fun in baseball. Like, if you're trying to attract a young viewer, if guys aren't allowed to celebrate and show emotions, who's going to want to watch people just throwing and catching and hitting? You know, like, and and I think he kind of has a point there when you're talking him this dynamic star, um, and he just needs the stage. It's not like he has to connect with the movie. He's just in the uniform. And so the formula, the way the way the game actually played out from start to finish, and I didn't I went I had to go back and watch the the opening part of the game and the intro and stuff on online, which I found in about three seconds. It didn't take long. Um, it w- and I was watching the the second half of the game. I got to tell you, man, it's not like this is going to quote fix Major League Baseball end quote, but it was it was a win for them last night that I think they they really needed, um, and I don't think you can do it over and over and over. I mean, I know there's talk of having a game out there each year. Okay, don't don't 
it had a special feel last night. It felt like, and it's like, there's no way, and, and I shouldn't speak for you. There's no way I would watch in August a regular season game between the White Sox and Yankees if it's just a regular regular season game. Uh, you said you were into it last night. I mean, you're not a White Sox fan. You're not a Yankees fan. It just it worked, man. And I I, I criticize Major League Baseball a ton in terms of their marketing, in terms of how they're trying to promote the game. No criticism for me. Last night, again, you had a juxtaposition of old versus new, and you managed to have it come together and work in unison, and that's what Major League Baseball sorely needs, and and it worked. It did. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm assuming you're kind of leading to it. It was great seeing sort of a thing. Um I'm watching and I'm going, that needs to happen every year. I actually tweeted that needs to happen every year. And um one game I'm a like, year though, right? You're not saying like like five or six games oh, no, no, a no. year. Yeah, right. No, one game a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One game a year. And and my thing is like not only and one of the reasons I say that's like I looked at it and say, as I'm watching that game, most of it was going, I wanna go to that. Like you you saw so many cool things on on, uh, on Twitter posted on, you know, different interviews of people that were there throughout the day, the week, and, you know, and things that nature. They had a little league team that played the night before. So it was, there was one major league game that night, but Scott, it was almost like a week of celebration um, of the game. So you had like two little league teams play a game on that field. You had, um, you know, you saw John, you know, Schultz, pitching to that one little leaguer on that team, and he took him yard into the corner and things of that nature. So I think that's great. I, like, I saw that in, man, I, by the bottom of the first, you know, and especially at the end of the game, I tweeted it. I'm like, this needs to happen every year. This needs, I actually was like, that should be the fault. You know, that should be a summer classic. I'm like, that to me felt special, was cool, and I'm looking forward to every year. Like, that needs to be an annual thing. There's a lot of history in the game. You can find ways to do that. You know, the first one was Costner coming out of it. And, Scott, I just started to think of, like, five, six different things, man. But, you know, you can look at the Pirates and Roberto Clemente. You can look at, you know, the Giants and, you know, Jackie Robb. I mean, there's so many stories from the game of the past, one way, shape, or form, that that person that comes out that leads the team can be representative of something that happened back then with those two teams. And you can do it with every team. I, I think, you know, you can do that for the next several years where, you know, it's not the Sox and Yankees next year. It's two other teams. And every year it's two other teams. So, Scott, it keeps it fresh from this perspective, which was cool, though, because you saw in the stands yesterday, I saw Cubs jerseys, Yankee jerseys, everybody's jerseys. But if you do two new teams every year, then – Dude, it's awesome because then you have those two fan bases, you know, trying to find a way to get to Iowa for that one game that one year, you know, instead of that one road trip you go to or something. Like, I would absolutely try to go do that and go see that. Like, I would have loved to be there that game. That'd be great. I could, well, I'd love to see Cubs to, cards. You need to fork out a pretty know? penny. I mean, if you build it, no, they will I pay know, but, a whole lot okay. to come. That, that bingo, Scott. <laughs> bingo. I spent more time last night saying I I'd love to do that, and what did that just create? That created the marketplace, dude. Because you got to spend to get there. You're taking care of that community. 
you're getting merchandise. And, and that's one of those things where I saw an interview with the dad say he remembers going to Comiskey Park. He's a White Sox fan. And, you know, when he was a kid and his dad taking him, and then today he's there with his son. He got all choked up. That guy is just dropping his credit card. And he, I mean, he's doing but, – but that's what I mean. It's like, yes, I, 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 that, that's why I say it was not only a home run. Finally, they got that. To this point, Scott, think of this. How many times can you say that something Major League Baseball does has people that cover sports thinking of what the other sports should do? That was a trending topic yesterday. What should the NBA do? NFL and NHL so do, th- do something that's, similar That's to where uh, ESPN 1420, that. that's what I was going to ask you next. Now, on one hand, yeah. you have the NHL. They do their, their New Year's Day hockey game on ice, and it's cool. Um, mm-hmm. NBA and NFL, what should they do? Well, let's let's be real, Gus. It, it could be cool, but I don't know that they need it as much as baseball needed that last sure. year. one. But for, right. for, for basketball, I mean, do you go to Rucker Park? You know, like, I don't yep. know, and I don't know that it that has. To win. Yeah. I guess that's mm-hmm. what you do, and it would be cool. It would, it would definitely be cool to watch. Um, but I don't think there, there's something about baseball – the fact that they needed it, the fact that it worked to perfection, like the other sports can try stuff. Shell does this cool. It's not. It's not that. It's not what we saw last night. So I think it's a fun exercise to say where should they go. But I I don't think it would quite have the same feel where you've got the nostalgia mixed in with this cool current you know product and and just mix it together. Mm-hmm. I think for for football or basketball, we'd be like that was cool. Yeah, I liked it, but not that magical feel. Now, having said that, I mean, what would you do with the NFL? Like, I mean, because the NFL likes to celebrate its history somewhat. I get it. But, like, where do you play a game that somehow brings this incredible nostalgia feel? Because they already try to right. do that anytime the Packers host a single game. It's like, I get it. It's great. I mean, it's Lambeau Field. It is. It's It's awesome. But, I mean... I, I get it thrown in my face all the time by just a team that plays games. Like what? How could the like? I don't think the NFL could do what Major League Baseball did last night because it just it doesn't. I mean, you could look at some old classic. I mean, what do you go play in a prison? You know, you try to do the longest yard. You know, like, I, mean, I don't think that would be safe. I don't know that'd be the best PR. Like, yeah, let's let's have everyone just think right. of incarceration while we play the game. So I, I don't think mm-hmm. that despite the, the fun exercise of where might an NBA or NFL game be if they try to do something like this, it's just it's not going to be the same thing. I don't, think, I don't think it's possible just based on the sport. You're a funny duddy, aren't you? <laughs> hey, not a funny oh, duddy. No, I mean, look, look, Come look, on. look at it from – no, look at it. I mean, instead of looking at it as it's not going to work. I've been in a bad mood it. lately, guys, um, I have to tell you. I, I don't know, know if you can I tell. Mean, dude, my goodness, they <laughs> failed and never even left the meeting. You wouldn't even make sure the agenda hit. I, um, I do it. It's fun. Just well, you're not going to be able to pull off what they did. That's that's what I'm telling them. I'm, that, that's, well, that's how I challenge. Agendo, all right, but what, 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 what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to accomplish making something special and being different? Um, the whole nostalgic sort of feel, again, the games are sort of different. And remember, while it may not be to you, whether it's Rucker Park or something of that nature, uh, in football at, you know, say, an older place where a stadium was or a college stadium, what I would probably do is bring the game somewhere where it's not. 
But they um, already... So people can sort of see that and celebrate it. I, I know you say they already do that, but it's Mexico City or it's yeah, London. That's, they're just trying to get money city. from other people. They're, they don't I, need more money I from get it. So why don't you bring it somewhere in, in the country where they don't have NFL? Maybe they don't have a major college team or something of that nature when it comes to basketball. Um, the fact that Rucker Park easily won yesterday – and that obviously means a lot to, I think, the people that watch basketball and love the NBA. And it's funny because I don't think it was done on purpose because it was earlier in the day and there's no way ESPN or, you know, you could have predicted that it was going to be a certain way and, and received the way it was yesterday. But I don't know if you noticed, Scott, yesterday during the day, front story, main story on ESPN Kobe Bryant, Rucker was Park. Kobe Bryant at Rucker Park, turning, you know, putting his street cred on the line and doing that. Um, we've seen Kevin Durant video, you know, of him going and doing that and schooling kids and, and stuff like that. So think about that. And if you saw that reaction, Scott, of when Kobe shows up, and we don't have to understand it if we don't understand it, or I don't know if that would be cool. If that would, I'm talking about look at the people that were there, though. And that reaction, and keep this in mind, because I saw a lot of people start poo-pooing this idea for the sports based on, well, where are you going to put people? I'm like, there were only 8,000. You know, it, it, this wasn't for an attendance thing. What you saw yesterday was a television event, right? I mean, it was a television event. It was all done on purpose. They walked through the cornstalk, you know, the camera behind Kevin Costner, the music, being played on the loudspeaker, him turning to center field and the players walking out. It was a television event, the way it was presented, the aerials, the drone, the hot air balloon. Every time you go to commercial, you saw the cornstalk in the house. It was a television event, and it connected. So the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, if they wanted to do something, it's not about attendance. It's not about, again, what what. Did we just talk about why it made special and all these spend a pretty money, a pretty penny? You're, you, you made it special by it being, you know, exclusive, by being different, by being smaller, right? I mean, if you're a fan of music, people always tell you the best concerts are the intimate venue concerts, the ones where it's just a couple hundred people where you can see it rather than an arena. So I don't think attendance should even be looked at. I don't think, you know, something from that scale should be looked at. Try to find something that attaches, that's a part of the history of the game, something that happened, something that you think would be good for people to kind of gravitate to and into it. Now, that game counted. That was a major league baseball game that counted. I think you could easily get two teams in the area play a basketball game that sort of counted. The thing, like you're saying, though, is the NFL. That's going to be hard to do in a regular season. So you're probably looking at a preseason game um, for that to happen. And now with just three – because the NFL and those two teams kind of want to do that. But, look, you kind of do that with the Hall of Fame game. I saw some people say that yesterday. They already do this with the Hall of Fame game. There's enshrinement and induction, and there's Hall of Fame people there for the Hall of yeah. Fame game. The problem with that game, though, Scott, to me is it's a week before everybody else. It's always terrible. It's, it's not, an extra it's not game for people. Yeah, it's not football. Yeah, if, right. if, if last it, night's exactly. game wasn't a regular season game and was just an exhibition. Or it was a triple-A game. It would have been exactly cool, right. but it would not have been right. having it on network TV. Right. Joe Buck, John so, Smaltz, right. so you need a, you Aaron need Judge, like Tim Anderson walking right. out of the cornfield. Like, that's, that's right. you can't. 
No, no. See, you're you're the funny right. guy. You're but saying you're, the NFL right. can't do it, and you were getting on my No, case. I'm not the funny. I just told you how to do it. <laughs> I just told you it needs to be like the third preseason yeah, game. Yeah, nobody does. I didn't show where you would see that. I'm the know? I'm the I'm the I'm the network head telling you like get this get this get this crap out of here. This would never work, Cat and Gale. What are you doing here? What are you yeah, doing? And, it, yeah, and, then, and then they'd then, be like, yeah, Hey, exactly. guy, this is the guy that thought Field the Dreams would be a great idea. I'm like, All right, sit back down. Maybe you have a good idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yep, just as, just as you shoot me out, I'm on the phone calling the other networks. <laughs> ESPN. And then guess what? You're going to watch that and say, darn it, we had it. I'm going to be like the typical, like, stereotypical hack out of, like, a movie. Like, I already spent a billion dollars to broadcast these damn games this year. I don't need to spend more to have it played in some backstop in Nebraska, okay? Yep. Anyway. That's right. ESPN that 1420. Works. All right, Gus Kagan, our guest. Uh, well, you know, one reason I guess I've been in a bad mood is because, good Lord, I mean, the Saints off season and now training camp can't. I mean, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. is good out of. I shouldn't say nothing. I mean, let's let's be real, Gus. When was the last time the Saints had an off season in training camp that was this bad? I would probably say West Virginia, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now we didn't um, know we didn't well, know at actually, the time it was funny. it was as bad, but well, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, there were some injuries, but it was, look, I remember that 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 was the, the juxtaposition of this one because everyone left training camp and and uh, you know West Virginia thinking, hey, the Greenbrier man is magical. This is a Super Bowl team. My goodness, I could not believe the amount of people that got that. Role. They were one of the betting favorites I mean, in 2014, and then they dude, were awful. It was literally it was bet it all. There is no doubt. I remember coming back and like, oh my gosh, they're going to smoke people. I mean, it is, it is going to be, Couldn't have you know, been more incredible. Wrong about that damn team. Jeez. No, um, you know what? You say that, Scott, about how bad this training camp is. But maybe it's just that you had different expectations. I, I, I my I, expectations I were low for go, this team, Gus. I mean, I. Oh come I, on! What are you talking about? You think? You think? Super all right, Bowl, one of the greatest teams no, ever. No, not this year. What are you no, about? this isn't sure? about expectations. Sure. This is about right, injuries well, and and and, and okay, drama right. and everything that is not. You're, well, wait a minute. But let's look at the injuries, though. Let's look at the injuries again. Suspension. What, what are the injuries where you were like, "Oh my gosh, that's he, you know, that's it." I mean, here's what I'm talking about. To me, a catastrophic, you know, training camp or injury riddle two weeks is where something or some player sort of happens. Where, man, take away a win or two, you know? Well, you know, I think not. All right, I'll answer for, that. I mean, I think I think. Okay. Could, all right, first of all. I mean, the Michael Thomas, sure. while a lot of it's focused on the right. drama, let's just focus on the fact right. that he's going to miss the right. first quarter of the season, maybe more. Right. Oh, and but then you've got and then you've got a thing. Pro Bowl kicker who, yep. let, let's be real, I mean, the Saints, yeah. even in their really good seasons, four straight NFC South titles the last four years, early in the season, I think we can all agree, they get off to slow starts, and then they end up winning a couple of games by the thread of their teeth, the skin of their teeth, and yeah. Will Lutz is out there kicking a walk-off field goal and has a strong game. Like, that right there 100%. can cost you some games. So, yeah, there's just two I just yeah. named you. Right. No, I hear you. But, A, Thomas wasn't okay. a training camp injury. Um, it was surgery before now. Yes. When you found that out, you went, oh, boy, already to a thin receiving core. But, again, I would counter with this. You already were going to have to try to find somebody to counter if somebody was going to, you know, 
who's at number two and stuff. Like, to me, the biggest problem of that situation wouldn't be Michael Thomas. It would be, you know, who's going to be that second receiver. All part of it. Because you had it and then you don't have it. So I'm focusing on something. Yes, absolutely losing him matters. And, you know, it is a big deal and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're right. But, again, it wasn't a training camp sort of situation. And with Michael Thomas, the team still has the questions that I would have had. With him, with him. So take him out. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to help. So you're right to that point. And then I look at it from the kicking perspective, like, dude, yes, that was one of your constants that you would have liked. Now he struggled towards the end of last year, but to your point, he has been a steady player. He's been a good player to the point where they gave him that big extension and that contract. Now you don't have that. Yes, that might be one of those you chuckle. At the same time, though, you go, another player, though, because Scott, this happened early in camp, but it was based off of him. He didn't even start training camp. I know. And, so, and remember, when you know, I asked you this, I said off-season. When yeah. I asked you this question, yeah. I said off-season yeah. and training camp. Yeah. I mean, so it's, Look, it's collective, right, for me. It's it's the whole – it's right. the it's like the last, the last month and a half. Right. It's just – it's not well, like there's been a ton know, of Scott, good, positive Saints news. No, but, you know, again – you're, you're, this is something that's different from this aspect of it where, you know, you're, um, I don't know if, you know, what people thought or was going out. Granted, I don't think people thought and looked at it as, oh my gosh, you're going to have, you know, all of these players doing, you know, missing time and that they wouldn't have, um, you know, a team that they would field or, or things of that nature. Yeah, sure. I get it. Um, I just, I guess, I was just always been prepared for this is going to be a time of change for this organization. Sure. No question, it's a, it was going to be a transitional thing, year to begin you know? with. I guess for me, I right. went from thinking, look, this team is going to be—they're not winning the NFC South. I think they're going to be nine and eight. Maybe if the ball bounces right, right. maybe they could be ten and seven. You know, this is back when right. this was this was two months ago. This was not in the last thirty days. Now I'm like, right. this team's probably gonna be like six and eleven, maybe seven and ten. Like they're not gonna have a winning record, no not much. with not with all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and I know that you well, feel the same way that, because, because I went on your show this don't. week. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, don't do that because as I told you on my show Wednesday, <laughs> you'll be called negative, you'll be called a hater, you'll be oh, called. Oh, and I have been, things. but it's true. You know what's beautiful is I get like I, a good friend of mine, man, a really good friend of mine. You know, um, he's like, they'll be fine to have Sean Payton. I'm like, you know, Sean Payton also went 7-3. You know, Sean Payton was suspended because he didn't stop Bounty Gate or didn't stop when he told him to stop. You know, Sean Payton, like who, who is, a good, is a good coach, and you all love right. how petty he is, was trying to run up a score late in game one of the regular season, and Michael Thomas injured himself, and it set off a chain reaction well, of events yeah. that was all caused because well, Peyton was but, but, being petty. I'm just okay. – I, I, we can point out you the good what? with the bad. I saw, look, I saw Jordan Schultz's tweet about that. You know what? Block. Michael Thomas half – you know what it is. I mean, on that block, too. You know what? And – if you're going to sit there and say, well, you know, like Jordan Schultz says, you need to protect your assets Jordan at the Schultz? end of the game. I don't even hey, know who that week is. One, you had, well, that, so he tweeted that, that Michael Thomas liked the tweet of oh, Jordan Schultz. Oh, okay, okay. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever. Look, I'm not, I'm not that, trying to excuse yeah, Thomas. I, you, you were, no, look, look, stop. Yes, I'm not trying to opinion. change the subject. I was only pointing out. Yeah. Some of the things that make Sean Sean Payton great are some of the things that get him in trouble. Oh, I was I just using it as an example. No, I I agree, but that, that's the thing. Look, Bill Belichick, 
Bill right? Would you say he's a good coach? He's a pretty good coach. Yeah, well, Bill Belichick. Yeah, uh, when, he had, when he's had Tom Brady in his career, he has been a very good yeah. coach. Hey, all right, exactly. Right? And I guess that's how you want to look at it. But they didn't make the playoffs last year. You, you need good players. The reason why Correct. Sean and then went 7-9, and nine, they had bad drafts. They had no players. They made bad free agents. Historically bad defense. They they made yeah, so, the players made Brandon Browner and Junior Gallette team captains. Team think captains. about that. Yeah. No, I that's incredible, right? So that's what I'm saying. Um, it takes time and it takes players. And I guess I just look at it like this. You've done everything humanly possible right or try to, um, the last several seasons. Um, you acquired, I mean, from the free agency moves you had, to even the draft picks, I, I thought the Saints did everything you possibly could to try to win the Super Bowl the last couple of years in your Brees. And it didn't even get to the game. It's hard. It, it's there's nothing guaranteed. You know, the last couple of training camps, we have been absolutely spoiled to the point where, Scott, our segments have been boring because we're trying to find ways to talk about how in you know, three se- three weeks, four weeks of preseason to get to the regular season because the only thing you're worried about is can you just get out of camp healthy because once the season starts, it's how many wins. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking in August the last couple of years about what, um, you know, wh- wh- where are you going to be spotted? Did you want that one seed or the two seed? We're looking at the schedule months out. This game could be for the one seed, right? I mean, we honestly, we, we circled the Packers. We're like, Okay, so that will be for home field. Like, that's where we've been. It's not like that anymore. So if you, I guess, come at peace with that, then it's going to be a struggle to re sort of shape and redo your team. And you remember, and we talked about on Wednesdays, why for weeks I've told you um, I've been looking at this since literally the season ended as a kitchen or bath renovation. You know, I know it's going to be a pain, a cost, and eventually, though, we'll be happy with the end result if you're lucky. Um, that's how I look at it. You know? So, again, I hear you. No Michael Thomas. I wanted that dude traded, though, last year in the season. You remember. I told you that. Um, I get it. Man, if you're not going to be a good team, then you're the Falcons, like last year. They celebrated their kicker. That's all they had. So, you know, I, I know he's a big part, but if the kicker is killing you um, – you're not a good football team. Like I, I, I'm, I'm with you on this. He brought you, hopefully, healthily, uh, the benefit of you just got to get a couple of first downs and just, you know, just get the ball to the 40, to the 35, and you can get points. Now it puts more, more, you know, emphasis on this offense that I already am wondering if they're going to be able to move the football to. Now you're gonna have to you have to score touchdowns. Maybe I don't know what this kicker can do. You know, Bill Maher, Maher, Mahar, however you want to pronounce it. I mean, it's everybody in the city is saying it. They're friendly. That's my point. Look, you got holes here, holes there, holes everywhere. That said, I'm actually excited about looking tomorrow, Scott, because there are a lot of different things to look at and pay attention to. So, who are the young guys they're gonna present? Who are the people that are going to um, step up and be the next set of Saints, man? I think you're gonna. Um, really like and, and and you know thirteen practices, man. Um, from Peyton Turner to Paulson and Debo, almost getting a ton of picks. He seems to kind of really be growing. We forget he didn't play for an entire season, um, you know, in the NFL. I mean, in college last year. 
So he hadn't played in a year, so he's got to get sort of back into it. But Peyton Turner, man, it, you just you watch it. it. Yeah, I like it. I like what I've seen. Um, people have been happy with Werner. So, look, I don't know what they're going to do, but at the very least, it looks like the draft class will be backups. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, a, that's at least depth, and that's something of that nature. Maybe some of those will be starters, like in 2017, or something that I've brought up to you on your show in the past. So, I think when you look at all those elements, man, um, it is something that is exciting to kind of look at to see if these games come. And at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. I, I don't know what kind of football team they're going to be. But like you, I made that statement on Wednesday and got absolutely crushed. I'm like, right now, man, convince me they're not a 6-7 win team. And the people calling to convince me were, kept bringing up, well, it's the coach. Or it's our history, or it's the face, or you know, we've won in the past. So that's right. not very it, convincing it, it, of me. But yeah, that's fine. yeah, look, it's it's kind of for me at this point. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I objectively, I just you know, it's it's more fun when the Saints win a lot. It's just more fun until they break your heart in the playoffs. But it, I, I this this is a transitional year. It was going to be already. But I thought it was going to be a transitional year where they may be able to still remain somewhat competitive while not being as, as good and talented as they've been the last couple of years. And now I think I don't think they're drafting in the top five next year. I don't think it's I don't think it's that kind of season, but I don't think it's a winning record. I mean, the over under betting win total for twenty twenty one's dropped by a whole game. Um, you know, just just in the last week. Right since the start of the preseason, like that's a lot. That tells you something about how the handicappers and the money and everything else, and how they're viewing this team right now. But eight and a half still puts you right there, eight and nine, nine and eight. So they feel like many are looking at them as kind of like that middle of the pack team. And can they can they can they ride this wave of like you said these young guys, some of the camp stars like a, like a Marquez Callaway or what have you? Um, we'll see. But what what are you – let's just look at quarterback, Gus, tomorrow night at Baltimore, preseason game one. Do they start one of the two, let them have a long stretch tomorrow, then start the other next week, let them have a long stretch? And do they announce a starting quarterback at some point this preseason, or is this going to go all the way down until, you know, a week before the start of the regular season? I honestly think, Scott, that you could probably see this going on um, – Actually, I, I have no idea how in the world Sean Payton is probably going to say anything other than the, the week of Green Bay. Um, the guy wouldn't even tell us who's playing first tomorrow. I mean, they're both going to play the first two games. Fantastic. No kidding. I thought you were going to you know, make, make your decision based on practice. And if that's the case, nobody has stood out, and that's not good. Um, and it's not one of those, they're both playing so well and excellent. Look, you need the games. The games are going to determine where you're going to go. I mean, to, to the point where, you know, I talk to people that have been able to get to practice every day, to what my observations have been at the practices I've been able to go to, Scott. And, I mean, I, I still think it's Jameis because I think he can do some more to it. Taysom, I think, can manage it. Um, but, again... If I, I, I have to look at what I have on this team. And I have people arguing, well, when you don't have receivers and you have somebody, then you go with Taysom because he can provide more with his legs and do that. Gotcha. 
problem is he's been working all offseason and trying to be a quarterback. He's, you know, trying to decide the balance of running or throwing. And if that's the case, and we're going to go option here, we're going to do what the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson, which, again, works for them. Um, I'm firing my defensive coordinator if I'm not doing anything but putting 10 in the box. I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, Kamara's not beating me. You know, I'm shadowing him one way, shape, or form of doing something. Um, and it's, it's going to be a struggle, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pounding it. And here's the problem that if that's where I'm going with it, one hit like Lamar Jackson last year in the postseason and that quarterback's out. So um, that's my pro and con with Taysom Hill. With Winston, I mean, if we're worried about picks, I mean, they're not every quarterback is just, you know, great, accurate sort of throw. I mean, it's going to be interceptions during the season. Um, I think he can also be one of those guys that I think can give you more. He's worked with a lot of those receivers to um, fight for you. So, I don't know, man. I think when I look at it, I, I look to see where these two quarters are going to be. Now, I'm specifically looking for certain things um, tomorrow from this quarterback. What else outside a quarterback has your interest the most? And, in, in, you know, I <laughs> looking at a preseason game some years, it's like, do we really need this? This team has so much continuity. We know where they're at. You know, I guess we got to watch it for work. This is not one of those years. This is the year where you're like, there's there's a lot of players you need to you need right. to watch in this thing based on the outlook for this season and, and how many new faces are probably going to be counting on. I think the thing that's going to be interesting for me, Scott, as well, is, yeah, like, you know, you're thinking receiver, and it's, it's interesting. I, I actually feel more co- comfortable and confident in that position that I sort of did going into camp. Um Look, we, we've talked about this in the past where I, I, I feel and think that, you know, um, Mark Quez Callaway looks the part. Um, I think so. And I also look at it as there's a situation where that, that they have, um, I, I think Deontay Harris, man, is um, that guy – I think might be probably the best receiver that you have. I think Hogan is going to be a very comp, you know, competent person that can play, which I don't know if it's saying much since he just got on the team and is already kind of one of the people that I think he would, you know, play. Um, so, but I, I think when, when you look at it from that perspective, I, I think that you have receivers enough that I think that can make some plays. I honestly do. Um, and, you know, again, though, that's the problem because I, I don't understand. I can't <clears throat> stand it, and I don't understand it, Scott, why you don't know from the commissioner. Is a player suspended? Is there not? Because the joke around camp, at least for me, is every time Deontay Harris makes a play and he makes several a practice, uh, we go fantastic. And then Todd Graffinini and I just start clapping going, week three, baby, week that's three. Right, you right. Know, we'll see right. him in week three. Does he, everybody does he, yeah, right. Does he celebrate by just shooting so, Everclear? Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, look, I, it, 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 it's just literally why when that schedule came out in, in May, I said, I, I, I told you, I said, Buffalo, you know, I'm waiting, Buffalo, Buffalo, which is just past the halfway point, you know, that, that Thanksgiving, I, I will know then what kind of team we're going to sort of have. You have to give your quarterbacks, whoever it is that's going to start, you have to give them some time. You have to let them fail. 
that are back from failing. Um, I think the most interesting aspect of the season is how Sean Payton coaches the season. Um, are we in the mindset of we're trying to win a Super Bowl? And I'm not saying that you don't want to. That's not what I'm saying. But I need, I need to find who my team is. I need to develop. I need to try players. I, you know, if Paulson Adebo and Ken Crawley are kind of even Stevens, I don't know. Do I go with Paulson Adebo? Because he's a younger player and has more upside. Um, you know, if I'm looking at defensive linemen, what was that rotation there? And do I try different things? Do I try my quarterbacks? And, and, and do I do both? Do, do I try two, you know, one a couple games and the other to try to see who is the better one? Um, I don't know. I just There's a, a, a handful of different ways to sort of look at it. And, and I know people say, well, look, at 2006, no one expected that. They went to the NFC Championship game. Then they'll bring up, hey, look, in 2017, no one expected the Saints to do that. They could have been a team that, you know, could have made another round to the postseason. They convinced they could have beat Philly the following week. They had Drew Brees. They, they knew who their quarterback was. They, they knew who some of their players sort of were that were going to be there for a bit. They had veterans at linebacker. They had some veterans mixed in with uh, that draft class in 06. So um, I just don't know what you have. And I don't think Sean Payton knows what he has. And literally, he answered that on Wednesday as to what he's looking for on Saturday. He said, from certain things on the football field, Scott, he literally said how to come out of the tunnel, the sideline behavior. You don't do interviews during game. Because he says he has a whole new team. I mean, that's what I keep talking When you're literally having to go over with your team, um, the do's and the don'ts on a game day, how to go out of the tunnel, how to warm up, what is the warm-up procedure, you know, what are you wearing and bringing to the plane. That should tell you the inexperience that he has, and I think you just have to view it from that perspective. It doesn't mean that it's terrible. I think it could still be equally exciting. I really like the draft class. Look for the quarterbacks on their timing, comfortableness. Are they leading throws? Are you throwing before the breaks? Things of that nature. And here's the other problem, though, especially at receiver, you're thin. So how much are you seeing of Callaway? How much are you seeing of Deontay Harris? How much are you seeing of those guys? If you start to lose them, Scott, then we're going to talk about picking in the top five. ESPN 1420.com, no question. I think offensive line, I'll close on that because you talk about what you can ill afford to lose. The Saints have a great offensive line and a yeah. great running back. Um, and I think – Really good players at a few other spots, you know, like a Demario Davis and Marshawn Lattimore, who's expected to miss some time mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but that old line is is the strength of the team. And in 2000, that unexpected team that won the NFC West and a playoff game and had all kinds of injuries, they had 17 or 16 starts from their five starters on the offensive line. They had one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, they had, you know, uh, a guy that was on two all-decade teams in Willie Rofe, and Kyle Turley was at his peak, and Chris Naoli was at his peak, and Jerry Fontenot was this great season veteran. Wally Williams was probably at his peak as a player. They were able to stay on the field. Now, you look at Armstead, you look at, Andrus Pete, you look at guys on the Saints O line now, and you're like, yeah, they've had some injuries, and and we'll see how Ruiz can can progress in year two. But if this team can can maintain, if if they keep their offensive line intact, because then you're able to run the football, then you're able to protect the quarterback, then 
you know, I, I, I don't I can't speak for, you know, the cornerback two spot and what Aaron Rodgers might do in week one, but you're able to stay in games. If you start suffering injuries on the O line, I, I think that's where you're talking about a difference in potentially like four or five games. That's house that's when I don't know how much depth they have there. You know, that's the one thing this year's team has really lost compared to the last couple of years. The Saints had one of the more deep teams in the NFL the last few years. It's just not the case now. But if that old line can somehow play 16 games and be relatively healthy for 17 weeks, and for the record, I don't think that's going to happen. But if they can, Gus, then they're going to surpass my expectations this year. And if the opposite happens and they suffer a lot of injuries up front or, God forbid, season ending, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Yep, and then uh, the best part about it is you're picking in the top five and you're trying to find <laughs> And we're looking at the draft. Look, I, um, I'm i not calling it doom and gloom at the same time. Like I said, man, I we have, we have covered a team and we've been spoiled that was trying to play for a, a Super Bowl. And that's where they had been. That's not what this season is. And I think as long as people look at it like that, they can enjoy it still. Um, it is football, even though I know the new mandate came out over here. You're gonna have to provide a test and that, you know, or or that proof of vaccination and get into the dome and all that. No one's talking about only five thousand or thirteen thousand. They will be full capacity in the dome, one way, shape, or form. Um, so at least fans are back. So that's a positive aspect of it. Now, whether or not they stay all four quarters with this football team is another thing. But you know what? Um, I, I think if you just look at it like that, as we're now going to be viewing the building uh, process and, and kind of look at it from that perspective, and, and and look, I think the NFC is a stack this year as it has been. So that's why I keep looking at it like that to try to just say, hey, look, there's always next year. They're going to be better next year. You're going to know who your quarterback is one way, shape, or form. If it's one of these two guys, are you drafting another guy? Um, I think you'll see some things out of these draft classes where you know where you can build or not. Is Callaway the guy that you're moving forward with? Is Thomas traded or not in the offseason? All these things. It's like I told LSU fans last year, sit back, you know, relax this year. See what it is. You're not beating Bama. You're not winning the national championship. There's always next year. Look where they are this year. 13th ranked. Your Cajuns are 23rd ranked. Just give it time to build. And I think if you look at it like that, you won't be like my buddy Sean Fox from North Louisiana who came on our show on Wednesday, Scott, and told me he's preparing his plastic bag, not his paper bag, plastic bag. And there's a difference between paper and plastic. How old, is, how, how, how old is Sean? How old is Sean? <laughs> Sean, Sean's my age, man. He's in his 40s. I can't, like, for the for the Saints fans that, like, or people that have remembered this team, you know, back <laughs> in the day, bad. I don't understand okay. how you could say that. Like, come right. on. You know, I'm I mean. We, <laughs> Jacksonville. Jacksonville is happy they can open up the upper part of their, their stadium to fans now. <laughs> They've been having to put banners in the upper deck because they can't sell the tickets to look good on TV. I mean, state fans have been spoiled. We I remember, have, I remember games where the uh, upper deck of the Superdome had 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 a cover on it. Okay. Tickets away. Yes, sir. But All right. You and I worked together for the Saints Radio Network, and we couldn't give away tickets. That is uh, a true story. That is Gus Cattengill. It's I've kept you too long, <laughs> my friend, but uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so it was great catching up. 
chatting. Enjoy your weekend, my friend, and um, enjoy well, enjoy work Saturday as you watch uh, televised football practice. We'll all be watching closely. Look forward to talking to you next week, buddy. Sounds good. Take care, Scott. All the best, brother. That is Gus Kattengale, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app.